Welcome to Let's Figure It Out Together, the podcast that ignites your passion for pushing boundaries in sports, work, personal growth, and entrepreneurship. Get ready to be inspired, motivated, and empowered as we dive into the stories of extraordinary individuals who turn challenges into stepping stones on their path to success. We are your host, Nicolas Nito and Dakota Moreland. We are thrilled to be your guide on this journey of exploration, growth, and achievement. Each episode, we'll sit down with remarkable guests who have faced adversity head on and emerge stronger than ever before. Welcome, guys, to the new podcast, episode two with Vince, um, uh, old friend, girl of mine, where we went to Arkansas together, very, very small college over there, where I truly believe everybody who is there or who was there got like a, a special mission in life because, you know, very tiny city, but <laughs> great people over there where you learn a lot. So, Vince, if you want to introduce yourself. So um, I'm Vince Toffness. Uh, me and me and Nico, man, we, we go back to our college days. We were at Ecclesia College down there in Arkansas, like he was saying. Little NAI school, man. About how many was it? About 200 200 yeah, students there very, was very it was small. little bro it was little um so yeah small world i'm from uh well i'm actually from owenton kentucky but nobody probably listening to this has any idea what that is so i just say i'm from the only one. dude it's <laughs> tiny man there's like ten thousand people here so country small town great people though like you said um but i'm actually currently residing in louisville when i'm home i'm going back and forth i'm playing pro basketball in Ecuador, um, throughout South America. I played a little bit in Mexico too. And, um, yeah, they just asked me to come on this podcast. I actually listened to the first episode when you sent it to me and I loved it, man. I love that you guys are, um, the mission that you guys are on trying to better yourself, trying to kind of start a community. Um, man, we need that. I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 25. I'm guessing y'all are about the same age as me, right? Yeah. 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 So shit, we're just trying to figure this shit out together, man. Hey, that's, that's the same. That's the name sharpen, of it. Iron sharpens iron, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, no, uh, Vince, was... You talked a little bit, you know, about being a small town and stuff like that. I can relate, you know, as I told you, Cincinnati's a little bit bigger, but I was right outside of it. I but most people aren't gonna know it. How would you uh how would you say like playing basketball in a small town like that like affected you? You know, you didn't have that big city exposure, maybe as many, you know, access to you know resources. How would you say that maybe changed or shaped you growing up? I would say that it was it presented its own challenges for sure, because now with social media, things have kind of changed and you're you know, you can just post some highlights like like we were talking about Baller's mm -hmm. Life earlier, like everybody's got a mixtape now. And if you can hoop, you can really get seen a lot easier, even if you're in a small town because of social media. But growing up, it wasn't as much about that. And. To be honest, man, I just loved the game, and I was just playing all the time. Like, I played multiple sports. Like, I played baseball. I played football growing up until high school. Then I started to specialize. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm the only person that's played pro from where I'm from. So just kind of venturing into the unknown waters has kind of been actually a motivating factor for me because I want the kids where I'm from to know, like, you know, you can take it wherever you want it. You just have to – it doesn't matter that you're from the small town. That can't limit you. Uh, you can't let it limit you. You just have to kind of, you know, make it what you want it. 
Yeah. When, yeah. when did you know that it was basketball? You said you did a couple sports. When was was it always basketball you love? You just did the others to keep you busy, or was there a point where it was like, man, basketball is that's that's it. That's the sport. Yeah, I think it was really when I got to like eighth grade, probably. I quit football, I think, in seventh grade because, dude, I didn't grow. Like, I was like four foot eleven in eighth grade. I was just getting killed. I was like, dude, I don't even like this anymore. So I was like, forget football. I liked baseball, um, but where I'm from, it wasn't the best. Uh, we didn't have very good, like, program around. I don't know. It was just really disorganized. The basketball was the best. In Kentucky, man, basketball's king. That probably plays a part of it. Um, you know, we have UK, U of L. Like, that's, you know, that's like the thing here, college basketball. So, Patino or Coach K? Uh, yeah. Which one? Which one? Though? Which one? Which one are you? Coach Cal or, or Coach K? Co- no, Patino, the Louisville coach. Or it was the Louisville coach. I love Patino, man. I, w- I was always a UK fan growing up, though. And he won a championship with UK, and then he went to Louisville. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I love I like Patino a lot though. He had some scandals, but as a coach, there's not too many, there's not too many better than him. I agree. Um Beans, I wanted to ask you, you you talk a little bit about your experience going pro to Ecuador. Um, why did you decide decide to to leave everything behind here in the States and go chase your, your dream in Ecuador? For me. Uh, I'm not super religious, but I definitely felt a calling. Um, you know, when God's trying to tell you something and you just can't ignore it, it's, it's definitely one of those type of deals. When I was young, I actually knew that I wanted to play professionally because I wanted to travel the world, man. I've, I've always been somebody, I was always curious. Like I grew up in a small town, but I was always wondering like, what's outside? Like there's, there's more to life. There's gotta be more. You know, and I just didn't know, like, it was such a culture shock when I went the first time, like, such a completely different world, as I imagine it might have been for you when you first came to the States as opposed to Colombia. So, um, man, I just wanted to, it was really about just seeing the world. That was, for me, I was like, I'm kind of open-minded to whatever God can throw at me. And um, I was willing to go anywhere. It just happened to be that the best offer I got came from Ecuador. So, that's where I ended up. How did you come across that? You know, Ecuador isn't probably the first place you think to go for, you know, for a basketball. Right. So how did you find that? How did it, you know, come up to you at that opportunity? So when I was my last year uh, at EC, I was actually a sophomore. I had like two two more years of eligibility. I had a really good year that year. Um, I was all conference, had some good stats, good highlights. We played a couple D1s that I played well against that definitely helped mm-hmm. give me that contract for sure. Um, but what happened was, I don't know if Nico told you the story of that school. So it was a Christian school and I was there for one year and the first semester, the president of the school actually got arrested. Um, he went to prison for, I don't even know what he did, bro. It was something with money, obviously, which it always is, but the president of the school got in trouble. Long story short, I thought the school was going to close because it wasn't, you know, things were kind of not looking too good. And I, and I had just transferred. So I was, you know, how that process could be. Um, I was like, dude, I, I can't just go from college to college. Like my credits aren't probably going to transfer. I'm losing out. You know, I was like, let me just test this overseas thing and see if I can get some bites. So I just created my, my highlight tape, my resume, 
put it together, started networking like crazy. I really like that's a crazy business to try to navigate. So I won't even try to take you through all the ins and outs of overseas basketball because we would talk for three hours about that. But uh, really just networked and tried to send my stuff to anybody that could that would watch it and could listen, emails, whatever. I got an offer from Germany, but it was more of like a tryout thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where I would just fly over, play preseason, and then if I made it, they would reimburse me for all my ticket, my housing, everything like that. Mm-hmm. But then the definitive offer came from Ecuador, so that's where I ended up going. Well, and you were like, real quick, sorry, Nico. So you talked about like you know, like we told you, companies like working out and networking and growth. How would you say that networking has helped you both as a person and you know your personal and your professional career, like that ability to network? How would you say? you know, that helped you take that next step. That is, that's the name of the game, man. Is It's, I mean, it's not all about who you know, but a big part of it is. And the relationships, I believe that relationships are what make you successful or eventually unsuccessful. If you're terrible at relationships, like it's just a ticking time bomb, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to fall flat on, flat on your face. Like I learned that the hard way in college with coaches and stuff, you know, relationships are everything. So being able to kind of navigate, um, especially learning a new language. You know, Nico can tell you, bro, I was bothering him in college. Like, teach me Spanish, dude. I want to learn. <laughs> so I didn't know anything until I went down there. And now, you know, I speak it decently, decently fluent. I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely hopefully going to help me down the road, too, just knowing that second language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I want to add something. I'm sure you did with the network. Uh it's something that many people were struggling with, you know, like persistency. Because if you apply to just one uh, school, if you just apply to one team, and most likely they will say no. But hey, if you apply to a hundred, five will say yes. Then one will say, you know, come over, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you you experienced something like that with overseas basketball. Totally, totally, man. I. That's what I whenever I get a lot of DMs, people asking me because it's like a lot of people wanting to go play overseas. I'm like, you just got to be cool with being told no, like a 100 times or more than that, like a thousand times. And then you just need one. Yes. Like you just need one person to believe in you and give you that opportunity to get your foot in the door. And then it's really up to you after that. Yeah, yeah, I know. For sure. For sure. Um, Now that you say Ecuador what are some experiences you're living there? You know, it's a completely different culture, lifestyle, you know, how is living there? Man, I love it. I don't think it's for everybody. We can be very spoiled here in America, in the U.S. <laughs> we can be very spoiled with a lot of things. The part that I love, though, is like the the concept of family, man. Like I'm my wife, obviously, is Ecuadorian. I met my wife down there while I was playing. And something that I love from there is just how tight knit families are. And I didn't realize how different it was um, down there. I don't know if you would agree in Colombia, but the family construct is kind of different. Like, you know, you might have 10 people living together. Like the families are just super (laughs) close. Like, like when we get, when uh, my son was born, like her whole family flew up from Ecuador. We had like, you know, it was after COVID. So it was still like limited time. And we had like 10 people in the hospital in the room and they came in and like had to throw some of her family out. So I love the family concept. Um, Also the food, man, the food is so natural down there. It's amazing. 
<laughs> like you just have stands everywhere. It's so easy, cheap to eat healthy. I yeah. love that. That's a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Would you would you say that, you know, you said you met your wife down there, so that obviously makes the transition a little bit probably easier for yourself. Would you say that without her or without that family atmosphere you get, would you think you would be able to still, you know, live down there and, and play there? Or is that really like a rocket support system that kind of gets you through a different country? It definitely helps for sure. She kind of taught me. I met her. Um, I didn't know her when I went down there, but I met her about three months into uh, my time down there the first time I went. So she helped me a lot. I didn't speak Spanish much at that time. And she kind of taught me about the culture and things about, you know, just some adjustments that I was struggling with um, that I just had to get used to. And she kind of helped me see like, you know, this is what you should expect. You have to navigate certain things this way with business and your career and just things of that nature. So I would, yeah, it, it helps for sure. Yeah. Yeah, be I guess you know be around your loved ones, right? Totally. Yeah. For now, sure. now you're talking about family. How do you find a balance while you're chasing your dreams and you already have a family? How how do you find that? It's, I mean, with the business that I'm in, it's very difficult because um, I can't just take anything, any job offer now, you know, mm -hmm. because. When you get into different countries, you're talking about visas and stuff of that nature. It gets really, really complicated. And now we have a baby and we have another one on the way. Yeah, I appreciate it. We have another one on the way in January. So, you know, it's you have to make sacrifices just like with anything, you know. Um, we actually when the I went in 21 and played mm -hmm. and she actually stayed here with the baby. Oh, um, because we were still working on her paperwork for her residency. So she couldn't really leave and she wasn't confident that she would be able to get back in. So she, she stayed here while I went for three months. And so it was difficult, man. I definitely learned a lot of lessons, what to do, what not to do <laughs> in terms of, uh, the, the long distance stuff. Dang. Um, what advice do you have for people in that situation, you know? Like, I guess your comfort zone will have been staying in the States, playing college, you know, graduate and call it a day, right? But totally. it took the hard day, the, the hard path, you know, leaving everything behind and just going going for the dream. What for advice sure. do you have for people? I would just say be consistent, you know? Um, consistency is, is king, just like with anything. You know, you're going to fail. Um, I would also say put everything on plan A. I might ruin some people's lives by saying that. <laughs> but if you have a plan B, though, like yeah. when the hard times hit, like you're going to go to plan B. You know, you're not going to you're not just going to fight those obstacles the same when you're you're putting everything on to plan A. And that's what I did. I didn't have any anything back home to tie me down. I, you know, I just put everything on to plan A and just left and just did it. Tried not to overthink it. Yeah. Now that plan A is, you know, it's hard to like everybody's facing that situation at some point, you know, like you, you have so many options that you just forget about what's the real goal. Right. I mean, a plan A, man, you know, like all in or all out. Right. Yeah. That's the only way to do it, man. In my opinion. <laughs> hey, so I got a question for you. You know, you said that was always your plan A and, and you hit that, you know, 
a lot of people would say, then, you know, you were successful. What would you say? Because one thing we talk about is there's a lot of ways to be successful and everyone has their own opinion. What would you say in your own terms is successful? And like, how do you continue to be successful? What would you say in your own words? Wow, that's a good question, man. That's that's a thought provoking question because <laughs> oof, I mean, success, if, if you ask me today and you ask me next week, the answer might change, you know, because yeah. three years ago when I went overseas, it was just all about me, 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 you know, but now that I have a family and I have, you know, more experience playing and stuff, just being the best, um, if I can be a good father to my to my son, a good husband, you know, good family man, as well as just, you know, show um, my son, the kids that I train, I'm a personal trainer too, um, just inspire and show them leading by example. And you can, you know, just like what you guys are doing, man, you guys are doing great work. I think this is sharpening all of us. I mean, yeah. for me, like iron sharpens iron. And, um, you know, that's, that's how I try to live my life. You know, I hope I can make everybody that I come in contact with better in some way, shape or form. That's to me, that's being successful. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. That's a good way to look at it. Would you say there's anything, you know, whether it be like habits or if you want to take us into the day in your life, like, what would you say maybe has led you or leads you every day to that? You know, you say stay consistent, but like, what is it that you do every day that puts you in a situation to be successful and to stay consistent? A lot of it starts with uh, your self-talk. I know that's harder for some people just naturally than it is others. And even I've had struggles with that. You get down, you go through, everybody go through, goes through some stuff, you know. Yeah. Everybody has dark times. Um, but, you know, I'm big into meditation. I believe in breathing and just you know there's a lot of different ways to meditate yeah no no i, I was just saying that i 100 agree man me and nico would talk about that all the time like mentally you got to take care of yourself first and mentally and physically you take care of yourself the rest kind of seems to follow suit you know you can't if you're not taking care of yourself first nothing else is going to be able to get taken care of either for sure for sure that goes with like self-talk your diet yeah. your your workout plans um i mean I think you asked me what what was it that I don't remember the question exactly, but you said what is it that puts you in a position to be successful, like habits wise. I would say having, as far as being an athlete, well, I would say in business too is just having like intention behind everything that you do. Um, it's really big for me to follow like an actual workout plan. You know, you can go in the gym, and if you don't really have a plan, you don't really get anything done. But if you have like set intention with everything that you do you're going to be way more successful so in terms of that and like diet and stuff like that just being disciplined taking care of the mental and the physical for sure yeah um when you say discipline with the diet i mean uh, i struggle with that like i'm sure <laughs> many other people it's hard do. here man it's hard yeah how do you stay disciplined with the diet just meal prepping well, in Ecuador, it's easy, man, because you walk down the street and you got fresh fruit <laughs> everywhere. I'll I'll finish practice and I'll buy a coconut for a dollar and just drink a coconut, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's so easy down there, but here it's it takes like healthy food really isn't as accessible here in the states, and it really does take like a lot of discipline, like meal prepping, um, putting yourself over the convenience of like fast food. 
you know, it's really easy to fall into that fast food trap. Um, but you know, it's, you're going to feel like crap later and you're going to definitely feel it (laughs) if you, if you put your body through that. Um, so just being disciplined, like taking time and prioritizing it as tough as it may be, because I know it's, everybody's busy and it's even me, man, I struggle with the diet here is the hardest part for sure. Yeah. You're, we're saying, we're talking about success. I wanted to ask you, how do you know you're doing the right thing or you're going through the right path? I feel like God, man. I feel like you say in silence, you you talk to God. I don't know if you all are religious or whatever, whatever you believe, man. If you your intuition, I feel like my intuition comes from God. You know, I feel like if I'm if I feel something tugging at my heart, that that's God. And I feel like when I'm doing the wrong thing, I don't even know how to explain it, but your conscience kind of tells you. Right. So. Yeah, man, just following following your intuition. That's great. Um, you now are talking and getting little um, with the life, success, and all of that. You had a near death life experience, you know that that you had that you say changed your life. Can you talk a little bit about that? So it was. 21 yeah i had a really insane like six months period like it was just complete madness so i went to i'm going to take you all through the timeline real quick i went to mexico uh, i had a combine to play in mexico this was like summer of 2021 and this was just so, after your sophomore year so everyone knows this was not my sophomore year was 19 but okay. then the pandemic happened, so we didn't have any basketball for, like, almost two years. So 2020, I didn't play at all. I mean, I worked out, but there was nothing, yeah. you know. So 2021, the summer, um, I was still – Ecuador hadn't started their league yet. So I was I went to Mexico in the summer to a combine, and then I got drafted. The league was going to start in, I think, October. I think it was October. So I got drafted. I came home was working out and then I had appendicitis. So I had to get my appendix taken out. So, which is usually pretty routine, but then I got home and I was like through the night, I was like fainting and passing out and stuff. So I went to the hospital, like something had happened with one of the arteries and I was bleeding like internally and I lost 60% of my blood, like was really close to dying. Um, So that was August 27th. Um, so I got lucky, man. I, I barely survived that. And then I, I wasn't going to be able to play in Mexico though. Cause I couldn't do anything for like a month. And my son then was, my wife was eight months pregnant at that time. So a month later to the exact day, September 27th, my son was born. I was still like you, if you look at the pictures, I was still like white as a ghost. Like I hadn't gotten my color back yet. I was like 20 pounds underweight. And um, he was born. So just the perspective of almost dying and then having your your son, man, the greatest blessing ever. And then I actually went and played in Ecuador in November. And man, I don't even know how, but we made it to the finals. I won player of the year. And it was just an insane six-month turnaround. Like I couldn't have ever scripted it or expected any of that to happen. 
<laughs> God's plan. What would you yeah. um? It was obviously, crazy. that's a crazy, crazy story. Would you say that you know an experience like that? A did it change either the way you see things or view things, and and if so, how how did it really change you or you know give you that wake up call or whatever you know to do? Yeah, I it it definitely changes you. I think the main thing that I remember is my mentor. Um, his name's Phil Morrison. He does like the hoops for Christ stuff here. He's he played overseas. He's kind of my mentor. He came to visit me in the hospital. Uh, this was like the day after. I guess it was two days after my surgery because I had just um, two days after my first surgery, the day after my second surgery. So I was really bad, man. And we were just talking in the hospital. And, you know, I had been so like locked in on my career, like career, career, career. You know, you can get kind of one minded, like, you know, tunnel vision. And but all I cared about at that time, like I just felt so much happiness that I was alive. And I just thought about my family like I didn't care about anything else, man. Like you have such clarity in those conditions. I was like, nothing else really like matters. Just the people that love me, the people I love. Like if I'm being good to them, you know, yeah, what, that's, that's what it's about. Man. So, you know, you talked about how it's always been basketball and stuff and, and your perspective has changed a little bit now that you, you know, it's not just you and you got your family and, mm -hmm. you know, as long much as you'd like to, you'd probably like to play forever, but everybody's got to hang it up eventually. Have you yeah. started to, you know, think about what does life look like after basketball? How do you balance, you know, a lifestyle that you've never had to have experienced before? How do you balance or have you thought about the next steps and what that's going to look like for you? Yeah, I've I've thought about it a lot, especially, I mean, COVID really made me think about it. I mean, I've been blessed enough to play after COVID, but I didn't know at that time. And that's actually when I got my personal training certification because there was no basketball. If you guys remember, man, the COVID 2020 was a wild time. Yeah. <laughs> like that year, like there was no gyms open. Like I was really like kind of lost because I had been training so much and you just kind of had to stop and rethink everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I started doing my personal training uh, during that. And when I'm home, that's what I do. I do a little bit too when I'm down in Ecuador. If I was, because I was there all of last year, even in the off season, so I did some of that partnering with gyms and stuff. But um, that's yeah, that's the next step, man. Personal training. I'm I'm really passionate about helping people, you know, becoming their best version and you know helping people get started because that's kind of a wild world yeah. to get to. That's great. Are you doing it just face-to-face -face in the gyms or are you also doing it online? Right now, just face-to-face. -face. Um, eventually, when I stop playing, it will probably I would like to expand it for sure. But that's just something that I would, you know, I'd have to see and I would need to be all into it, of course. Yeah. What, what kind of personal training do you, do you like, you know, stereotypical like weightlifting or is it more basketball? Is it a little bit of both? Or I do both. So I do basketball training like on the side. I've done general fitness as well. Like I used to run classes at a boot camp style. It was like hit classes. Yeah, yeah. So we had like, you know, all the clients like from high schoolers up to, you know, 60 year old women. Like I've helped rehab, you know, with yeah. people that had knee replacements, stuff like that. But the bulk of what I do in my specialty is for sure. Like 
anything as it relates to basketball. Yeah. Like how to become a better athlete. Just is in that general. something you think you can do? Um, I know you say you're coming from a smaller town. Is that something you a see yourself doing in your hometown, kind of giving back, or is that something that you eventually are looking for? You know, a bigger platform to reach more people and help more people, or is that something you haven't even begin to think about yet? I don't know. I my my hometown has a special place for sure, but I don't know if I if it's somewhere that I would see myself growing in mm -hmm. as much. So probably you know, somewhere a little bit bigger. Or I don't know, maybe, there, right? Who knows, man? I have no idea. Yeah. Could be. Hey, maybe you're coming to Colombia. You never know. I'll come to Colombia, man. You let me know, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know for sure. Um, Now that, you know, we're almost finishing, do you have any advice for people? Um, Any lessons that you want to share? People living in similar situation or or trying to chase a dream similar like yours. I would just say, man, follow your heart. It doesn't matter what anybody else has to say about it. You know, no matter what you do, you're always gonna have naysayers, haters. Could even be your own family sometimes. You know, who knows? People aren't gonna understand you. That's kind of something I've learned. Like people don't understand the the want to do something different sometimes, but I think it's crazy. You no. Know? Yeah, exactly. If you don't get called crazy, man, you're not, you're not living yeah, life. Yeah. Right. You're not pushing hard enough. For sure. So what would, you, uh, what would you say? Like, you know, you've talked about your whole journey. Like, what would you say the hardest struggle of getting to the point that you're at right now was like, when, when would you say it was hard? You really had to get that dig deep. Like what was that the moment that kind of pushed you to where you're at? College, college basketball, for sure. Um, I almost I almost quit basketball completely in college because I was so sick of the politics and everything that just went with it, especially my first, you know, my first year, my first school that I went to. Um, I was I had to take out loans because it was a, such an expensive school. I had like a half half ride scholarship, like a lot of NAI schools. And, you know, it was so expensive. And when you're paying money and things aren't going your way, you're just like, dude, what is the point? Like, why am I here? Like, what am I really doing? But uh, just conversations with, I called my high school coach. I talked to all my friends. I had to get people to talk sanity. I was like, I need to stop being so emotional right now and just get into a better situation. Cause you know, I knew I'm not supposed to quit. I got to keep pushing through it, but those college can be a wild time, man. Yeah. Sure. You go through a lot of stuff in college. <laughs> Life changes a lot. Yeah, so that was def that was definitely the turning point for me where I was like, I just got to go all in. Like, there's no, there's I'm either in or I'm out. Yeah, no, that's good to hear too. You talked a little bit about that support system and support system is like realistically what we kind of want to grow with that network is just a bunch of people you know like minded pushing each other and it's it's good to hear how you know without that support and those people to turn to, man, it's tough. For sure, man. For sure, they get all the yeah. for me at least they get all the credit, man. Because I'm. <laughs> You're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with, right? Yeah, 100%. Very true. Yeah, no, very true. Not being thanks so much, man, for for coming to the podcast. Um, I'm sure a lot of people appreciate it and will learn a lot from you, man. Man, I appreciate you guys. I love I love what you guys are doing, man. Y'all stay with it because it's, it's big time. I love the first episode, too. Really yeah, good. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. And, you know, hopefully, man, you can keep balling out there and stay chasing the dreams as long as possible for sure. 
It's good For to sure. see you inspiring people, out, which I'm sure you know. For sure. I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all too. Thank you. Yeah, man.